Hello, New Life. Uh, it's really good to be uh, here again. Uh, congratulations to Pastor Young and Samonim uh, for welcoming new member of their family. And congratulations to New Life. Uh, you have a new member as well, the youngest one. You know, uh, while Pastor Young is on leave, uh, I am Pastor Jaeguk from our church. Uh, we will preach a two-week series. Uh, we will be preaching on God's mission, uh, also known as Missio Day. Do you know that the word mission is not from the Bible? We can see the word in the Bible. I didn't know that for a long time. I only got to know that a few years ago. The word mission is derived from a Latin word, missio, which basically means sent. The word is telling the status that we are being sent. When we think about mission, you know, normally we think about activities, short-term mission trips, you know, programs or going overseas for evangelism, helping missionaries. We get to think, think that way. Yet if we think about the meaning of the word missio, it is not about the programs or activity of church. It is more about status. We are being sent. The passage that we read today, it affirms this idea of being sent. We read from John chapter 17. Uh, it is a well-known chapter. Uh, the night before Jesus' death on the cross, he spent time with his disciples at upper room. Jesus washed their feet. Jesus gave very important teaching. And after that, Jesus prayed. We just read some part of that prayer. While Jesus was praying, he says this in verse 18. He says, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Second part of verse 18, Jesus says, I have sent them into the world. Jesus is saying he has sent the disciples into the world, which means the church is sent into the world. This verse tells us about our status very clearly. We are being sent. But this verse also teaches about very important truths. That is, God who sent us into the world, he has been sent into the world as well. Look at verse 18 again. First part of verse 18 says, as you sent me into the world. That means, as God the Father sent his son Jesus into the world. From here, we find very important truth. That is, God the Son is also sent into the world. Our God is missional God. Jesus is sent. So if you are in Jesus Christ, if you find your identity, identity in Jesus, being missional is not an option. 
Why? Because our God is sent. He is missional God, and we belong to him. You know, some churches are saying we are missional church. You know, church has been using this expression for quite some time. Yet, we need to think about this expression in light of today's passage. Some churches are missional and some churches aren't. That's not right. Because all God's churches are missional. Being missional is not option. We are all sent into the world. So mission is not about the program, but it is more about the identity of the church. Being missional is our identity. You don't choose your identity, do you? You're born with it. We are all missional because our God is missional. Then what is the next point we need to consider when we think about mission? You know, when we think about mission, rather than checking on the programs, we need to check where we are facing. Our orientation, our posture, we need to think about that. As God the Son was sent into the world, we are sent. We need to check on the posture of our church. We need to become outward-oriented. We need to face the world. The gospel community needs to impact the neighborhood. The gospel community are to serve the city and beyond. You know, some of you uh, know that I have been to Mission Field for a short time because I've seen many of you at Cambodia. Uh, I've been there for, for a short time. While I was at Mission Field, I was able to visit churches in Mission Field in Cambodia, planted by missionaries. And I was very surprised after I visited those churches because churches in Mission Field can become not missional. In other words, I have seen many churches inward-oriented at mission field. What do I mean by inward-oriented? Everything they do is about only believers of Jesus. There was nothing that could impact the neighbors. There was nothing that could impact the city. All things and ministry revolve around comforting, blessing, encouraging existing members and believers. Of course, they welcome newcomers, but that's it. The church looked like an island. While I was observing it, you know, I realized that posture or that orientation it's mine as well. I find that things that I do is only about church and fellow brothers and sisters. I was not facing the neighbors and the city. It was a difficult experience realizing that. And I'm still struggling with that. I realized that I was not living out my identity. When we talk about the importance of facing the world, 
impacting the world, in other words, being missional, there are people with concerns. The concern is what if we become too intimate with the world? The concern of secularism. There is open the concern. You know, becoming like the world is something that we should avoid. We should never do. We all know that. Yet, what will protect us from the world is important. We need to think about that. Let's look at verse 17 of today's passage again. It says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. You know, we cannot sanctify ourselves by being far from the world. We can't do that. What will keep us holy is the truth. If we live with the truth, if we live out the truth, that will keep us holy. That will sanctify us. You know, there's one sermon that I, I, I cannot forget. It was so um, inspiring somehow. That the sermon I watched, I saw the sermon in Vietnam or Malaysia while I was watching TV. You know, there was a channel that streaming sermons in the TV. So I was watching that and I was listening to the sermon. And the preacher said, God wants to bless you. He will do amazing things in your life. Up to that point, it was okay. Yes, God wants to bless us. He does amazing things in our life. And the preacher continued, God will give you comfortable life. God will give you four-bedroom houses with three toilets. Somehow he was so specific. And God will pay off the mortgages for you. And people responded. Some people stand up and you know, clap and they respond, Hallelujah. Their worship looked so sincere and passionate. The music was so great. Yet the good news the preacher proclaimed is not what Jesus taught. Even though people were in worship room, even though they were separate from the world, they were so worldly. Friends, if we do not hold on to the truth that Bible teaches, if we do not hold on to the good news that Jesus proclaimed, we will become more like the world. You don't have to do many things. We will become like them. Even though we stay from the world, even though we spend so much time in church, it will not keep us holy. Unless the gospel of Jesus shapes your thinking and your mind and your hands and feet, we cannot be sanctified. If we look at the good news that Jesus proclaimed, there's a central message. The central message is the kingdom of God. When a person first believes in Jesus, people often do this type of prayer. They say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. But I think that is a very misleading prayer. Because the good news is not inviting God to my life. But the good news of Jesus is inviting you into the citizen of God's kingdom. 
When Jesus started his ministry, he received baptism. And when Jesus received baptism, there's a beautiful scene we get to see. Matthew chapter 3, 16 to 17, it says this. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We get to see the loving and serving relationship that Tryon God enjoys. God the Father expresses his love to his Son. God the Spirit empowers God the Son by serving him. We get to see that beautiful relationship of Tryon God. And believing in Jesus means that we are joining that relationship through Jesus Christ. That is what kingdom life is about. You know, Jesus preached so many times about the kingdom of God. There are so many passages and teachings that I cannot cover today. Yet the central, I can tell you this, the central message of the gospel is kingdom of God. But you know what? We have this tendency to make the gospel me-centered. Even though I received and believed in Jesus, all my time and all my energy is used to achieve my goal. Better career, better position, higher position, achievement, more possession, better recognition from others. Our life is striving to achieve those me-centered goals and we try to put God at the center of our plan. But friends, that's not the gospel of God's kingdom. That's the gospel of my kingdom. I'm the king. I decide. I know better. God, please serve me. That's not what Jesus proclaimed. This is not only happened to individuals, but it happened to churches as well. If a church does not hold on to the gospel of God's kingdom, for that church, we become so important. How can we make our worship so good? How can we make our cell group so comforting? How can we raise our children well? The church invests all the resources on our worship, our program, our people, our children. And that becomes the gospel of our kingdom, not God's kingdom. Friends, if we continue to put me first, if we continue to put us first, we lose our identity. God's kingdom needs to be at the center. When we hold on to the gospel of God's kingdom, we find God has such great heart for the city. So if we look at the Bible, when God calls someone for holy purpose, there's one thing that God does. God lets someone go through one process, like John read today. There is self-denial. 
If we look at the book of Exodus before Moses led people out of Egypt, God calls Moses at the Mount Sinai, and God tells Moses to do one thing. That was take off your sandal. At that time, slaves walked barefoot. The message from God to Moses was this: Your life. Is not yours anymore. Your life is mine. God leads Moses to deny himself. God makes him makes it very clear: You are not the Lord, but I am. And isn't that what happens when we believe in Jesus Christ? When someone believes in Jesus Christ, we confess that Jesus is our Savior and our Lord. The Lordship changes. When someone comes to believe in Jesus, the person confesses that Jesus is King. Jesus reigns. He's the one who leads our life. He's the Master. So, living me-centered and we-centered is against the central message of the gospel. You know, if you agree what has been preached so far, I want you to think about this together. I want you to think about this question. How do I know whether I'm living, for my, whether I'm living my life for the sake of the gospel? How do I know whether I'm living under the lordship of Jesus? To, to check this, you need to check where your time and money are spent. Money and time never lies. It will show you where your heart is. I want you to maybe... Maybe later in the day, I want you to prepare a paper and write down your spending. And I want you to write down where, where you spend your time as well. If my time is only used for my benefit, if my money is only used for my desire, it will tell you who is the king of your life. Are you using your resources for the sake of the gospel? I want us to think about that. For a church community, we can do the same. When the committees meet and plans for next year, I want to challenge you guys. You need to ask this question. Does church community invest their resources for the advancement of the gospel or does church just use all their resources for programs and activities for themselves. It will tell you who is the king of the church because Jesus won't use his resources for himself only. After we examine our life, and the way that our church uses our resources, the question that we get to have is this. Then what does it mean to live a God's kingdom-centered life? To think about the answer for the question, there's a very interesting passage in the Bible, uh, in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 29. 
you know, let me tell you a little bit of background on this chapter. The Jeremiah chapter 29, the, the background is Israelites were conquered by Babylonians and they were taken captive. They were in exile in the city of Babylon. Why did Babylonians take Israelites to their city? Babylonians had an intention. Babylonians wanted God's people to lose their identity as God's people. Babylonians wanted Israelites to live in their city and lose their spiritual identity. So what did Israelites do? They didn't know what to do. Some of the false prophets urged Israelites to stay out of the city. Their idea was that as they stay far from it, they could keep their spiritual identity. But to those Israelites in exile, God says something very opposite. Let's read these uh, verses together. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 6 and 7. It says this, Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. This is a shocking message from God. God is telling Israelites to pray and seek the peace and prosperity of that city. Babylon, brutal and sinful city. Why God is telling Israelites to do that? Because for God, people in that city matters. Because God loves and cares for people in that city. Our God is missional God. His heart is reaching out to people in that city. So how do we become missional? It starts by embracing, embracing this vision and heart of God. We become missional as we follow where God looks at, where God's heart is at. As we follow the heart of God, our posture will face the world. We will reach out. We will start to serve the city. That's what it means to be missional. You know, one of the best teachers in this area is Tim Keller, I think. While he teaches from Jeremiah 29, he asks this question to fellow Christians. So let me quote. He says, and he asks, Are you living for the city or are you just using it for fun or career advancement? Are you praying for the city or are you, take, are you trying to take advantage of it? Do you have the same attitude towards the city that God wanted the exiles to have towards Babylon? That is, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you. 
What is your attitude towards this city that you live in? Dear brothers and sisters in your life, when Jesus entered Jerusalem to be hung on the cross, he was welcomed by a great crowd. Yet as he saw the city of Jerusalem, he wept, he cried. Why? Jesus loves and cares for people in the city. Even though people in the city will mock him soon, will crucify him, Jesus loves them and cares for them. If our king has that heart, what should our heart be? If our king loves and cares for this city, what should our posture be? In today's passage, Jesus speaks so clearly. We are sent to this city. Friends, being missional, uh, loving and serving the city that we live in, loving and praying for the cities in nations, that is not an easy thing to do, I think. Yet, that will bring blessings to us. Seeing the gospel transform the lives of people, it is the greatest joy you, we can experience. Seeing the gospel restore the broken family, it is the, one of the greatest miracles that we will witness. Seeing the justice restored, justice restored in the city will give us such comfort for our lives as well. You know, you will never be able to live a joyful life when your neighbor crying in misery. Following the heart of God will restore peace and joy in our life as well. Being missional will become the greatest blessing for us as well. You know, as I finish the sermon, I would like to think about practical application together now. So if our identity is missional, that is being sent, our identity should shape the way we think. Our identity should shape the things that we do. So I want us to share, I want us to think about two habits that will help us live a missional life. And these ideas, two ideas, uh, came from a book the title is Surprise the World, The Five Habits of Highly Missional People by Michael Frost. So let me share two. If you want to know on other three, you can read the book. The first missional habit, it's about eating. You know, as you can see, I love to eat. But it doesn't mean that you need to eat more or something like that. The missionary habit about eating is we need to eat with people who do not know Jesus. People who do not know and understand the gospel, we need to eat with them. You know, eating is so powerful. You know, when you eat with someone, there's a great intimacy happening. You know, people open their heart while they're eating. You know, it doesn't have to be a heavy meal. It doesn't have to be a three-course meal. It, doesn't have, it can be just coffee, cake, 
tea, snack, whatever it may be. As you eat and spend time with those people, you get to hear them. And sometimes you get to hear their heart as well. The door of opportunity to share the gospel opens through that moment. You can pray for them. You can comfort them. You can care for them. And at the right timing, you can witness Christ. You can tell them what Christ has done for you in your life. And that table becomes a mission field. You need to eat with non-believers. If you're heavily involved in church, you need to make intentional effort. I'm talking to myself as well. I always get to meet believers. 99% of people I meet are normally believers. But if you are heavily involved in church, you got to be intentional. Let's say once or twice a month, I will eat with people who need Jesus once lockdown ends. You need to make that intentional effort. So that's number one, missional habit. Secondly, another habit to live a missional life. That is, study about the life of Jesus. When we hear this, we often respond. What do you mean by study the life of Jesus? I know. I know he lived a sinless life. I know he died for me. I know he resurrected. He ascended. He sent his spirit. I know all that. We normally know the important facts about Jesus, but we often do not put much attention on his life. What was his teaching? Where did he go? How did he care for those people? What makes him angry? What makes him sad? What makes him happy? If we go and study more on the life of Jesus, you get to understand one thing. The life of Jesus is so missional. His heart, his attitude, his service, his character, his passion. If you study that, it will empower you to live a missional life. We need to have greater understanding of the life of Jesus Christ. So as I finish, uh, how about we spend some time praying together? Uh, I want us to pray for two things, uh, remembering the message. Firstly, I want us to pray for ourselves. Lord, as a gospel community, we want to remember our identity, that we are sent. We are to love and serve this city. Help us have your heart. Help us to hold on to the gospel of God's kingdom. That's our first prayer point. Secondly, I want us to pray for transformation in our life especially missional habit God help me to develop missional habit in my life God help our community to learn more about what Jesus did help us imitate him so let's 
pray for these two prayer points together and I'll, I'll close with the prayer. Let's pray together. Father God, uh, we thank you for today's passage. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to us. Even though you're God who deserved the throne in heaven, you came down on us, became like one of us, giving up everything. Not only you came, but you died for us. But while you live on this earth, you show what missional life is like. So Lord, we want to remember our identity. Not only you are being sent to this world, but you sent us into this world. So help us to have that posture. Help us to have that orientation, that heart for the city, that heart for the people in this city. Lord, help us to have that. Lord, as a gospel community, we want to be outward facet. We want to be outward oriented. We want to face the world. We want to serve the city, love the city. So as new life, Sesun, keep your heart in us. Lord, help us to live out this identity. Lord, we also uh, pray for missional habits in our life as well. Sometimes, as we love church, we are too much focused on church and us. Lord, help us to see your heart. Help us to see people in poverty. Help us to see the marginalized. Help us to see who need Jesus desperately. Help us to have that habit to approach to them, spend time with them, be friends with them. Lord, help us to be mission. Uh, Father God, we thank you for today's uh, passage. Thank you that uh, you not only sent your son into this world, but you sent us into the world as well. So Lord, as we understand this identity in Jesus Christ, Lord, we want to live this out. We want to be the gospel community that lives out this identity. So Lord, would you be with new life? Would you bless and would you empower them? And would you help them to imitate the life of Jesus in their ministry and in their gathering? Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.